everybody, Tyler Smith here. This is uh, More Than One Lesson Minisode 21. We made it. Moving on. Uh, <clears throat> so, let's see. I'm trying to think when the last time we did like a proper minisode was. I know it's been a while, but... Um, oh, no, it was just two weeks ago. That's right. Uh, when, it, when we had our super long 12 Angry Men episode. Uh, mm-hmm. Just want to remind everybody that... Uh, the last proper episode that we had was about Eat, Pray, Love. That is available now. And uh, I'm not sure if I'd go so far as to say that I'm proud of the episode, but we talk about a lot of stuff that I, I think is fairly interesting. So uh, go to morethanonelesson.com and seek that out, or you can find us on iTunes. Uh, and while I'm talking about iTunes, actually, um, I did want to put out a call for reviews on iTunes. Um, it's something that... Uh, I don't ask people to do very often because I don't like being that, but uh, if a show is reviewed somewhat suddenly and if it gets a certain number of reviews, then it gets bumped to the top of, you know, a list and it, there's a possibility of getting more listeners at that point. So, uh, so if you felt, uh, inclined, feel free to go to iTunes and write us, uh, uh, a review, uh, preferably a nice one that would really hit the spot. But, uh, but yeah, so I'm trying to think if there's anything else business related. Oh, that's right. Uh, so you might notice that this mini soda is going up a couple days early. Usually they go up Tuesday or early on Wednesday. Uh, this one is up on Sunday. That is because I will not be in the country this coming Tuesday. I'm going to be gone to Switzerland for two weeks. And so there will be a short break, basically. Um and then I will be back at the end of August, and then we will start up again. So uh, you will be without more than one lesson for uh, the next couple weeks. Sorry about that, but uh, feel free to explore the back catalog if you would like to. Now, this mini-sode, we'll be talking about Josh's fifth... Wait, hang on. It went me, then Josh. Okay, Josh's fifth favorite movie of all time. But to do that, we will welcome in Josh himself. Josh, how you doing? I'm doing all right. I was going to say something earlier. I forgot what it was, but I was I couldn't remember if you introduced me into these or not. So I'm glad I waited. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Otherwise, it would have seemed rash. I sometimes forget to introduce you because sometimes I feel like I'm I'm doing these alone. People tend remember, to forget oh, that I'm in a room. Yeah, I think it's maybe just the total lack of charisma. That's probably it. Yeah. Just, I don't know. I don't want to be too forward. <laughs> uh, I'm joking, of course. You're uh, just bubbling with charisma. Yeah. Anyway. anyway so what's your <laughs> what's your fifth favorite movie of all time, John? I don't remember. What is it? I'm just uh, kidding. I remember. Oh, all right. What? I was joking. Oh, okay. I was joshing with you. Hey, oh, I do it all the time. Um no, my uh, my fifth favorite film of all time, of all movies, in perpetuity, <laughs> is uh, is Annie Hall, Woody Allen's classic 1977 Oscar-winning, Best Picture-winning film, Annie mm-hmm. Hall. That's right. And director. Yes. And actress. Yes. And probably screenplay, if I had to assume. Maybe. He wins a lot of screenplay Oscars. Yeah, he does. Well, he writes pretty well. Pretty well. <laughs> it's okay. I get it. You're neurotic. You're insecure. <laughs> um, but uh, it's like, I get it. You're Jewish, but you don't practice. <laughs> um, okay. Now, I should say that, uh, and I know that we've said this in the past, 
that uh, I have not seen this film in a very long time. I remember not much about it, really. So this minisode might actually be genuinely mini because this is going to be basically the Josh show for the next 15, 20 minutes. Just what you've all been waiting for. Absolutely. It's just a matter of time before you start your own podcast. Just called the Josh show. And it'll just be called, oh, really? I've got an alternate title. Blank Slate. (laughs) No, I prefer the Josh show. Okay. And I'll just do it while I'm driving places. Like I'll be recording and be like, oh, look at that sign over there. That's a funny sign. So it'll be a purely visual. It won't be a video podcast. It'll be visual be, based. Yeah, yeah. But you won't explain anything. No. You'll be like, look at that shirt that guy's yeah. wearing. It's really comical. I'll start to explain it, but then I'll get distracted by something else. Fair Because I'm driving, you know. Yeah. Yeah. There's stuff happening. Yeah. What is driving if not a series of distractions from the emptiness of your own life? <laughs> Sometimes okay. I'll drive for a whole day. <laughs> And I know that if I stop driving, I'll start crying. So I need to, I need to just keep going. If you drive fast enough, the demons can't follow you. How else am I going to outrun my emotions uh, unless I'm going seventy all the time? Um, the cop didn't uh, didn't cotton to that explanation. He didn't, he didn't buy that. He said it's a school zone, sir. I said I know, I know. That's that explains the the flood of emotion I'm feeling now, but because of my own poor. You know my my school years, which were terrible. So I'd if 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 it's all the same to you, so, officer, can we move elsewhere? <laughs> Let's just move away from this place. Um. All right. Anyway. Yeah. One could say anyway. Uh, I should explain what's going that. on right now. So, uh, so we just recorded an episode, not of more than one lesson, but a battleship pretension, which is available. I should have said that at the top. Uh, that's available now. Um, Josh was on and we talked about, uh, 90s movies. What does that mean to tune in? You'll find out. But, uh, yeah, so we just finished recording that. Neither of us have really had much to eat. We are waiting for a pizza to arrive. (laughs) And so we're both rather punchy. So we'll keep you posted on what happens with the pizza. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, we should have the, if the guy comes with the pizza, we should have him come up and be like, say, say a few words. You ever see Annie Hall? What do you think? <laughs> it turns out he's a huge Woody Allen fan, but he hates Annie Hall. It's fantastic. Yeah, it's he's seen actually he's seen all of them except Annie Hall. <laughs> That's he's the, the only one I have seen. Um, okay, Annie Hall. Now I know that you're a big Woody Allen fan. I am. Um, and so obviously this is your favorite Woody Allen film. It is. I was trying to decide if I have seen most of his films because I have seen many, but he has a lot. He has a lot. So and not all of them are winners. Yeah. I'm trying to remember notable ones that I haven't seen. And I know there's interiors. Um, I'm trying to think, recent years, I've seen most of the ones that have come out. I haven't. There's a lot of stuff in the 80s I think I haven't seen. Yeah. I haven't seen Bullets Over Broadway. Oh, that's 94. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, I haven't seen that. that. Um, I haven't seen Alice. Mm-mm. I haven't seen... Uh, something else in there is radio days his or is that something radio days is his i think that's from the 80s but i have seen that one okay (laughs) more recently actually um shadows and fog oh yeah haven't seen that um isn't that his uh like film noir yes i think so um, and I really should see interiors because I think it's a lot of it is a nod to Bergman. Yeah. It surprised so me that you haven't seen it. It seems like one I should see. Well, I know going into it 
that it's one that people didn't like because it was specifically serious and not funny. So I'm kind of expecting to not like it for that reason, which is kind of ridiculous because I like Bergman movies, which are not seri- or are not funny, most of them. Um, I I laugh. I laughed all the way through the Virgin Spring. <laughs> so it's a laugh a minute. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so again, that, that, that is one I should definitely see, but unless I'm missing a lot of, a lot of them, I, I think it may be that I have seen most of his films. Oddly enough, I haven't seen a lot of his early films. Really? Um, I've seen a lot of his n- films from the nineties and the, 2000s and even now Curse um, of the Jade Scorpion I didn't see I saw that one but uh, but yeah um, I'm trying to think I think my favorite I think it's split between Hannah and her sisters and Sweet and Low Down Sweet and Low Down I haven't seen either oh it is that was one that's hard to find it is hard to find I think uh, I, I think it is on DVD but I think they stopped producing them a long time ago and so strange yeah, I'm I sure. Didn't say anything either. I'm remembering as we go along. Say not, not say anything. Anything else? Anything else? Yeah, that's him. Yeah, the one with Jason Biggs. That's the one. Yeah, that's the thing. Is just he's so prolific a filmmaker. He just cranks these things out. Yeah, which would explain why they're not all winners. He just clearly yeah. just needs to keep working. Yeah, no matter what the quality of the <laughs> project is. And it's funny. I feel like we as a, as a film. We as film watchers tend to just forgive him for, say, Scoop or Small Time Crooks or something. Yeah. Because we're like, it's all right. It makes a movie every couple First of years. Off, small like, Time Crooks is pretty good. It's been a while since I've seen that one. I remember thinking that most of it I didn't like. Um, although there's, I forget her name. He has, He has a tendency to have these characters that are kind of like inept, silly type characters. Like mm-hmm. there's the woman that he meets at the party. In small time crooks, that it's been years since I've is seen it this Elaine movie. Elaine May, maybe I have no I idea what the so. actress's name or the character's name is, but I remember this woman being just sort of like not totally there and being really funny because of that. I believe that's Elaine May, yeah. noted uh, comedic uh, actress and director. Yeah, and I think that there are moments of that even in we we just recently saw Blue Jasmine. I think there are moments where there are kind of characters that are like that. I think uh, Chili's like that a little bit, and then his buddy that's with him was yeah. one of my favorite parts of the movie. Oh, the, that's wonderful. Who who seems to be a Bruno Kirby lookalike, doesn't he? Well, he's uh, Max Casella, who you may recall from really? Doogie Howser, MD. He was Vinny, huh. uh, Doogie's best friend. I, I never watched that show, but I know who that actor is, so that's funny. Anyway, no. um. So Annie Hall, uh, I think I think it is my favorite. Okay, uh, there's a lot that I've gone back to, and there are a lot of others that I enjoy. I think a lot of my favorite ones are kind of from the same period, like mid '70s to mid '80s, because mm-hmm. um, a lot of the other ones that I think contend for that are, say, Stardust Memories or Crimes and Misdemeanors. Hannah and Her Sisters is another one. I need to watch that movie again. It's been a while. Um, but uh, I think that period is, to me, for some reason, my favorite of his. Um, and maybe it's because it's kind of, it's the transition from just the goofball stuff like Mm -hmm. sleepers or, uh, or, um, bananas or something like that into stuff that's a little bit more serious, but still comedic. And it still has very kind of quick dialogue, but it, it goes into more real life situations and kind of has... It has themes that it deals with in more of a head-on way. Mm -hmm. They have themes that they deal with in more head-on ways. Um, Because I don't want to say that 
uh, everything you want to know about sex, but never thought to ask. It doesn't have any themes, but it's more, that, that's not the point. Mm-hmm. It's silly. You enjoy it because it's silly. I think Sleeper's the same way. Um, while it ha- might, may have something to say, that's kind of secondary to... I never saw Sleeper, and everything about it seems like the kind of thing I would enjoy. I've seen <laughs> clips from it, and it sounded wonderful. Yeah. Um, and I think I, well, that's one of the reasons that Annie Hall is so great to me, because it shows this filmmaker coming out... Uh, you know, he started as a, as a just a comedian. It mm-hmm. shows this comedian kind of coming out of his shell as an artist. Mm-hmm. And that, that, again, it makes it sound like I'm saying those other movies are not works of art. Certainly they are. But... Uh, I, I guess he's he's kind of embracing the more uh, uh, more of a depth in art that's clearly always been there in him. Um, uh, just the fact that I know he was a big fan of Ingmar Bergman. Um, I feel like I talk about Bergman too much on this show. <laughs> no, it's all know. right. I mean, you know, you've got one note. You might as well play it. Yeah, just keep playing it. Um, but... Uh, but yeah, just knowing that knowing that that's true about him, I like the idea that someone who would make a movie as silly as I'll just go to another one. What's up, Tiger Lily? Mm-hmm. Um, would have this love for uh, kind of high art film, and and also there is a pretty standard um, idea that comedians, though they make people laugh for a living. And they see the ability to do so in themselves uh, that they often do struggle with a number of things personally. And comedy is often the way they choose to examine it and how they choose to, you know, how they choose to release some of the harder things that that they deal with. And so... And that's clearly the case for Woody Allen because he makes very no bones so. about being a very neurotic person. Yeah. And so he does seem, and especially with Annie Hall, he, he often deals with relationships, but in Annie Hall, that is the central push of the story. Mm-hmm. And there, and it's also funny, but also it's quite heartbreaking. It's a little tragic. And and I love that it goes in so many places with that. Like, I, I, I'm thinking that's one of the reasons it might, is one of my favorites is I think it's one of his performances that I like the most because I think he comes off the most broken in it, maybe. And again, I haven't seen all of his films, and I didn't come to a studied conclusion of that, uh, so I, I could maybe come up with one that I think that's more true about, but uh, just the fact that he is he is kind of a callous person, kind of a callous character starting out. Mm-hmm. Um, and j- just the effect that Annie has on him, because he's gone through several girlfriends. You go through this this process where you see her him with all the different ones, and all of them clearly mean something to him. He's not happy about any any of the breakups. Um, some of them he feels better off about, but he's he, I think he's never happy about them. But... Uh, the effect that Annie has on him from the way that you see him after the breakup, from the way you see him sort of trying to recreate it. There's this beautiful but very sad scene where he's trying to recreate. Do you remember where he's trying the to recreate the lobster scene? scene. It's the thing yeah. I remember the most of the, about yeah. the film because that that scene where the where he and Annie are have 
brought the live lobsters and and are trying to cook them and have and find themselves woefully unequipped to do to do such a thing yeah it's such a natural like in the performances and in the the tone and everything it's such a natural just people having fun moment yeah it's very organic and you know it's it's one of those for those of you who have a relationship whether it be romantic or otherwise it could be with a friend and like think of one of the one of your favorite moments with that person chances are it's something that came about chiefly because the two of you gel so well yeah and it can only happen with these two personalities you might have different types of experiences with different people but the it's a really great fun happy organic scene and then when their relationship has ended and he try he he literally tries to recreate the exact thing yeah with someone else who is not nearly as clearly silly. not interested. And the, and the, the distance between them seems so far yeah. when you have already seen this, this other scene and that scene, uh, just so effortlessly be effort, effortlessly becomes one of those memories that you have of a, of a great moment in any kind of relationship like you're mm-hmm. talking about. And, and it's, I don't know. It, the film knows that it's going to be an important moment because it comes back to it later, obviously. Yeah. But uh, I don't know. It, it has that ambition of, I want to make this a scene that people will watch this and think this is one of those things that if you were in this relationship, you would remember this is a happy moment for the rest of your life and yeah. achieves it totally. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think we've talked before about there's uh, uh, one sign of a great movie is being able to like set a high goal and achieve that goal. Mm-hmm. Um, and that happens there. So I guess that was coming from me saying that I like the character where the character goes. Um, uh, there's a, there's a rawness about him in this one too, possibly because it's, I'm trying to remember. Can you think of any others after this where he speaks directly to the camera i think there may be some before that but those are those are movies that are more straight up comedy are there anywhere he speaks directly to the camera hmm none come to mind for none me. come to mind so if you if you catch one please comment about it on the uh on the mini on the uh on the website and we'll we'll uh address that i guess yeah but the fact that he does in this one it starts out and ends with him addressing the audience directly mm-hmm. and he's being uh he's joking because that's what Woody Allen does but in the joking he's also telling you he's being very raw about how he feels about yeah. this relationship with with Annie and I want to throw this out there because um, it's something that occurred to me as I was as I was thinking about this episode is we talked about the relationship is the central thing and for Alvy Singer his relationship with Annie Hall is, is one of the top five moments of his life. Like that period is something he'll always remember. And even so far as the title of the film, what, like I'm trying to think because we're talking, because we keep talking about his filmography in general. I guess, I guess there is a movie called Alice. Mm hmm. But I can't think of a lot of other examples where he will name his movie after a character. Even Blue Jasmine, and the main character's name is Jasmine. But it's a descriptor, and it's this, and it could also be something else. Whereas Annie Hall, it's like 
This is named after this character. That's how monumental, like this isn't called Alvy Singer. It's not called Alvin and Annie. It's mm-hmm. called Annie Hall. Like you even, you go into it thinking, well, who is this woman? Yeah. And she doesn't show up. Named after. She doesn't show up for a little while. Yeah. Into the film, I think. Um, and then you know that it's important when she does show up. And yeah. I, th- I think that does, that is telling about this film because, um, most of the films, especially from that period, are ones where he plays the central character. He's kind of playing himself as the central character. Yeah. And everything's from his perspective. So to have a film that is named after a character who just appears in his life, when so much of it, I mean, they go through his history, like the stuff of him as a child, which mm-hmm. that's another thing that I love about the film is it's it's just hilarious. I, I love a lot of the comedy of him as a as a child um i remember my my roommate in college one of his favorite favorite lines was where all the kids are turning to the uh to the uh camera to tell uh, the movie tell the movie audience basically where they are today mm-hmm. and one of the kids says i used to be a heroin addict now i'm a methadone addict <laughs> um another kid says i'm into leather but so even though it does go back into it does focus so much on his history. Mm-hmm. She's definitely the focus of the film. Yeah. So now uh, listeners will know that I did a very long episode about Woody Allen with, uh, let's see at the time it wasn't. Oh yeah. I was hosting it alone and uh, Robert, Robert was the guest, was yeah, Robert the guest not the guest host, but, uh, and Woody Allen is somebody that I find philosophically, fascinating because I don't know there's I don't know if I would say there's like a nihilism to him but there is a a quality to him that and I won't even say in a negative way but the idea of I don't know trying to sort of almost feeling like well there's there's really nothing out there you know, spiritually or philosophically. So I guess we'll just have to make do with what we have. And, and I think he, especially earlier in his career, he seemed to think we have to make do with what we have and what we have is one another. And that can be very messy. It can be sometimes very funny. Um, sometimes both at the same time, it can be heartbreaking, but it is all we have. So we should, kind of cherish all of it, even the stuff that's negative. Mm -hmm. Um, And I feel like that really comes through in Annie Hall. Yeah, that's one of the things I love about it is that he talks about how much this relationship meant, even though it's over, even though it's Mm -hmm. obvious it's never going to happen again. They kind of, they kind of, you kind of accept that from the beginning because he's Mm -hmm. in, in the monologue in the opening, he's talking about how, you know, they're, they're not together anymore. And you kind of just come to accept that. But, it's great that even though I guess I already said it, even though this is something that's over, it was something Mm -hmm. that was good. And because it was good, it means something, even though it won't continue to happen. Yeah. And I feel like in some ways that's, that's a good attitude. And one that even from a Christian uh, point of view, we can adopt is, you know, while, and I, I know a number of people that have lost, either to death or divorce or whatever, they've lost their spouses. Mm -hmm. And 
I'm sure they would say, you know, if I had, if I had it my way, this person would still be here and that, and I would be happier. But I think they would also say that's over. And the initial sting of it being over eventually fades. Mm -hmm. It becomes, it is still sad. It is still unfortunate, but rather than only think about the fact that it is over, they eventually wind up being thankful for what, for the fact that it happened at all. Yeah. And I think it's, I think it's good and maybe kind of, uh, groundbreaking is the wrong word. I don't know. I don't know what exactly I mean, but, um, the fact that he addresses like a relationship that has ended this way, I think is really interesting because it's, it's, I think it's easier for us to accept that kind of mentality towards say the death of a loved one, Mm -hmm. because there's a, there's a clear finality to that. Yeah. Whereas, with the and there's the feeling that you don't want to speak ill of the dead or whatever it is right. that you you are willing to kind of be more gracious to that person whereas like say a breakup situation that person's still around so you have both on the one hand you have maybe it could happen again and on the other hand you have you can blame this person for all the yeah. all the bad stuff that happened so to uh, to take that experience and say and and put your own finality to it and to not begrudge the bad things that happened is I think a very, I think a very mature and interesting way to, to, uh, to approach that. I, and it's a positive way. Yes. Something, a very positive way. Something that I think, I think, I think his general positivity, not that I consider him to be necessarily an optimistic filmmaker, even in the early days, but whatever was there, I think has mostly melted away. I think as he's gotten older and especially in the last few years, um, I think there's a real cynicism yeah, and maybe even an anger and just a general overriding heartbreak that seems to have permeated his work. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you watch something like, uh, I almost said blue, like Jasmine, <laughs> something like blue Jasmine. Yeah. Blue which Jasmine definitely is, has that. It's funny. And, there are moments, not many of them, but there are moments of of happiness and some contentment, but not very much. And there are some characters that are better people than others, but everyone's kind of bad mm-hmm. and things just don't turn out well. And it's a very, I, I, I love the movie, yeah, I like but it it's well. still, but it's, it's, still it's definitely darker and not as positive uh, match points the same oh, way. Yeah. That's one that's, that's very dark. Um, there's dark elements, I think, to Midnight in Paris, even though it's kind of a lighthearted film. Yeah, I feel like I that one's kind of a throwback. Kind of the it? kind of the note that it ends on is still a little bit, um, a little bit more negative. Yeah. So maybe that's I would something say, I'd say that film has a melancholy to it. Yeah, definitely. definitely. Um, but yeah, and so, so okay, so so far, and we we need to start wrapping up. But yeah, so with Annie Hall, you mentioned that uh, like. Uh, a little bit of the history that you have with it. When did you first see it? I think, I think I first saw it in high school. Okay. And then I've, I saw it, I think more than once while I was in college. And I think I've seen it more than once since then. Okay. So again, I'm not a person who rewatches stuff a lot, but if it is five times that I've seen it, that is, that's a lot for me. Okay. Um, so, and I was thinking about it too. I was like, why do I remember so much about it? I believe I wrote some kind of paper on it in college as well. So there's that. Um, 
But uh, one other thing that I was going to say about it is uh, it's very easy to to make a movie. Well, it's never easy to make a movie. But uh, making a movie about relationships can be can fall into a lot of easy traps where it's like you just talk about like how great it is to be in love and how sad it is to not be in love. Mm-hmm. The complexity in which it goes into this relationship and what... Uh, Woody Allen's character, Alvy Singer, wants to happen in this relationship, and then that colliding with what Annie Hall wants in that relationship, mm-hmm. and how it, what ends up happening with both of them, and the way that they change from it, is very complex. And I, I love, uh, I love the approach to that relationship. It's such an atypical way to talk about a relationship and what happens. Um, the closest thing I can think of to uh, to this type of relationship dealt with in this way is vertigo. <laughs> oh, okay, fair enough. I which, can see that. Right. Which um, is it? Should I not? Uh, that, that might be spoilers. I don't know. Um, not really. I guess. Nah. Not really. Um, but the idea of trying to make somebody into someone else. Yeah. And it's different from vertigo in that. Alvy's trying to make Annie into him. He's just trying to make her into him. Yeah. And uh, this goes back kind of to what we were talking about last time about the idea of the other. And I think I was a little, I, I think I was a little too, I think I was thinking of that in too kind of black and white of a way. I think it's a, it's a more difficult concept um, approached differently by different people. And I think in this one, um, he's more comfortable if other people are like him. So she's separate from him. Um, and he doesn't feel like he can be fully one with her. Like he cannot think of her as something separate until she becomes what he is. Yeah. But by becoming what he is, she becomes something. She becomes not what he was originally attracted to. She becomes something different. She becomes a lot of the things in himself that he doesn't even like without realizing like she, and that's another thing. It's a way that it shows how relationships can teach you something about yourself he didn't realize that he didn't like all these things about himself until he was dating those things. Mm. And he was like, I, you know, I don't like this. That, that, that's where a lot of the breakdown of the relationship starts. The reason that I asked about your history with the film is because I assumed like myself that you saw it first in high school or probably in your, in your teens, even if it was like 19 or something like that, you saw it early in life and you have since been in romantic relationships and that you are now married um, do you feel like a film like this, which handles re- a relationship, a, a key relationship in the character's life, um, maybe the key relationship, the probably the thing that he will compare everything to from then on, certainly, mm-hmm. um, do you feel like it was at all formative in your own, and you don't have to get into a lot of detail, but do you feel like it was formative in your life, not even in how you approached movies, but how you approached relationships later on. Do you ever have moments where you feel like, Oh, this is almost like an, this is, this reminds me of Annie Hall in the things that I'm thinking. It could be. I mean, um, it's hard to say whether that exactly had an influence on me, but it's definitely something that I've thought a lot about. And Mm -hmm. obviously I find that relationship very complex and very interesting and very thought provoking. Um, so I think I could easily say that it has kind of informed the way that I, look at relationships and I hope so because I think it, it offers a more complex view of relationships than maybe most movies do. Yeah. I feel like any movie where it's a love story, but they don't end up together. 
but it's not really a tragedy. I, I feel like those fall into this weird middle ground category um, that I feel like makes you think in a way that most romances don't. Maybe that's being dismissive of romances, but I'm not saying that I'm not saying that those other romances don't make you think. I'm saying that this these type of movies make you think about relation or romance and relationships in a way that you wouldn't. Yeah, maybe maybe in your life, or certainly not from these other movies. Well, in a situation where the romance ends, that at least subverts the idea not merely of happily ever after. But of this idea that in most romance, uh, you know, romantic movies, there's a general vibe of, I mean, the 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 push of the story is we want these people to get together, and if they don't, well, not merely do we have no movie, but these care. It, it this is very strange, but like the purpose of this movie is for these characters to get together. The, and thus, the purpose of the characters is to get together. It's if they if don't get together, what's the point? They haven't fulfilled their purpose, exactly. Right. Yeah. And I feel like that is certainly something that you'll run across in life, certainly in the Christian yeah. world. Um, and so by not having them get together, it, it, at least, as cer- certainly a movie like this, it at least acknowledges like, yeah, they didn't die. They didn't cease to exist. This is an unfortunate thing that they will certainly mourn and grieve over, but they will move on. And But that's the thing. In many ways, it's... That seems to be what Eat, Pray, Love last week wanted to explore, but did it so clunkily that you and I wound up just rejecting any kind of philosophy it might have had. Yeah. And I I was going to say, I think the way that Alvi has to be okay with this and the way that we've already talked about it being a situation that was good and good for his life, um, maybe subconsciously informs or or buttresses maybe the way that i think about god's will mm-hmm. <laughs> to go into uh into talking a little bit about the christianity but um the idea that there can be something that you think is supposed to go a certain way and yeah. you want it to go a certain way like he thinks things are going to go well with annie he wants them to go well with annie and they don't but in the end it's maybe better that they don't because he's learned something about himself. Like good things have come from this, even yeah. though it didn't happen the way that he wanted it to happen. Yeah. And that's the way, and especially in Christian culture that we talk about God's will. And it's hard to understand unless you can really visualize it in some way or experience it, obviously. But, uh, but I feel like that kind of illustrates that idea that here's this thing that you want it to happen a certain way. And even on the surface, it seems like it would be happier that way. Like yeah. maybe they would both be happier if they had resolved their differences and stayed together. But that's not what happened but something did good good did come out of it. Yeah. And he will always have the good that came out of it and I think she will too. I think that last scene that they have together where it's kind of like where they're not angry at each other, you know, where mm-hmm. where they both realize where they are that they're in different places that it's over but they're kind of willing to to they they can live with that. And yet, you know, when I cuz I remember that scene, I remember when I when I saw it uh Certainly, I got that vibe of, you know what, it, this is an okay thing. They're mature adults, and they and their lives will move on. But there was still, it was bittersweet, because it is still this thing of, yeah. man, this was good when it was when it was going on. Yeah, you know, when, when it was it good, was it was good. great. Yeah, and just like, and so that's the thing is, you know, Annie Hall is, I'd say, first and foremost, a comedy. But, I mean, certainly, it's not all laughs all the time. Yeah. And... 
it's just it's just a film that will make you feel things that maybe you're not comfortable feeling and most movies don't they will make if they want to make you feel anything at all they want to make you feel one thing and then you got it and then you leave mm-hmm. but annie hall is one that is willing to and woody allen in general i would say uh is somebody that's willing to make you feel a certain way and then challenge that and in doing so try kind of tries to approximate life mm-hmm. um yeah even you know, even if you don't run across characters like Alvy Singer or Annie Hall, the emotions are still similar. And in that way, it's very. It reminds me of like a Wes Anderson who makes movies in a very stylized way. You would not, you won't really run across these types of characters, but you will find that you will see that emotion. Yeah. Um, but anyway, okay. So uh, our pizza has arrived, and so <laughs> we're going to uh, we're going to do that. Uh, in the meantime, uh, go and do likewise. Yeah, go get yourself a pizza. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, yeah, and then uh, I will post uh, on Facebook and Twitter when you can expect a, another episode, which will be in probably about two and a half weeks. And uh, yeah, thanks everybody. You can email me Tyler at more than one lesson dot com. You can email Josh Josh at more than one lesson dot com if you want to uh, contribute to this conversation, or you could leave a comment uh, on the uh, post on the website. And, uh, yeah, thanks everybody for listening and we'll get you next time. Bye.